This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two underway, and uh, perfect way to start off the hour. More accolades coming down the pipe for Dustin Wolf. He is the winner of the Les Cunningham Award as the AHL's most valuable player for the 2022-2023 season. That news just released moments ago, courtesy of the Calgary Wranglers. Wolf, just the eighth different goaltender in league history to win MVP honors. The last goaltender that won it, just Jason LaBarbera in 2004, who you might recognize around the Scotiabank Saddledome as the Flames' current goaltending coach. So a neat connection there between two members of the Flames. And uh, Dustin Wolf going to have to, I don't know, probably going to have to buy a couple more shelves uh, based on all the awards he's racking up. So goaltender of the year followed up with MVP of the American Hockey League for Dustin Wolf. That's a great way to kick off hour two of Sportsnet today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. We got Cam and Taylor in the other room. We're coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios and uh, this segment now going to be all about the Young Flames goaltender who uh, continues to, like I said, rack up the awards. Goaltender of the year, no doubt, and now MVP uh, in just his second professional season. That award voted on by coaches, players, and members of the media. He's the eighth different goalie to win it. Johnny Bauer, Denis DeJordi, Gilles Villemire. Lots of uh, names on that list. He's also, uh, at 22 years old, the youngest AHL MVP since Jason Spezza won the award in 2004-2005. Led the AHL in every major statistical category, including wins, save percentage, goals against, and shutouts. He also played more minutes, faced more shots, and made more saves than any other goaltender in the league helping the Wranglers to the AHL's regular season championship in addition to winning the AHL's outstanding goaltender for the second year in the row. He also uh, won the uh, Harry Happ Holmes Memorial Award, which was given to goaltenders on the team that allows the fewest goals uh, in the regular season. Just the the stats continue. The awards continue to pile up for Dustin Wolf. If you've missed it, we've talked about it a ton, but he's now... Uh, 77, 20, and 6 with a 2-2-4 goals against and a 9-27 save percentage in 105 AHL appearances. And the Flames picked this guy in the seventh round in the 2019 NHL draft. He made his NHL debut this month in a 3-1 win over the San Jose Sharks. And really, from a personal standpoint, truly, in my mind, nothing left for Dustin Wolf at the American Hockey League level. There are still team accolades, obviously winning 
Uh, as we mentioned, the AHL's regular season award uh, for the Wranglers having the best record of any team in the AHL. That's a great thing to accomplish, but now it's really for this team uh, a Calder Cup. The only thing that's missing from from Dustin Wolf's trophy case, and like we say, that's a team award, not something that uh, Dustin can pull off by himself, but it's just been a continuous uh, stacking up of the awards for him and, and so deserving uh, coming into pro hockey is not this easy. Let's remind people that first round picks, second round picks, all of the above uh, can struggle with that transition. Dustin's never struggled with it. Even going into junior hockey, he didn't struggle with that transition. Uh, the, the transition from junior to pro is even harder, and he's made it look ridiculously easy. It's not. I guarantee you it's not, especially for a goaltender, as we mentioned, of his size and of his stature that gets talked about more than it should for a guy that was a seventh-round draft pick and passed upon by every team, including the Calgary Flames, a number of times because of his size. He's proven everybody wrong at every single level, and now what a year for him. MVP, goalie of the year, NHL debut, first NHL win. Uh, He's soaking it all in, and I thought a perfect time to bring us back to earlier in this week uh, when he sat down for an exclusive with Pat Steinberg on Flamestock to just talk about everything that was. Now, remember, this came before the news of the MVP award, so they don't dive into that specifically, but a, a great chance for Pat and Flamestock to sit down with the young Flames prospect and you know see where he is throughout this entire process and what's been a crazy year for him in a year where he's continued to stack up individual awards now looking to add to the team uh, award list as they begin uh, an AHL playoff run here in a couple of weeks' time. But here is Dustin Wolf with Pat Steinberg, a Flamestock exclusive from earlier this week, uh, chatting one-on-one wherever you get your podcasts. Here is uh, Dustin Wolf. Well, I guess... First of all, uh, and I know that I know that you probably had an idea that this was coming, and, and this didn't necessarily catch you by surprise. But what uh, what does it mean to be a two time AHL goalie of the year? No, it's super special, um, very rewarding to say the least. Um, you know, obviously, I don't receive this recognition without you know the twenty five other guys in the locker room, not including or including the uh, the staff, our head coaches, and. Uh, obviously scaps as well and um, you know it's been a special last you know four years you know I've had a pretty good run going but um, you know the the run's really just starting now the next two months so hopefully something truly special. So the uh, the season that 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 went down this year and the year that you had you obviously have a, a great rookie season in the American League what what did you take into this past off season? Did you do anything differently than you had before, knowing that you had now a first full year in the American League under your belt? Yeah, I wouldn't say I necessarily did anything different, but um, you know, long season last year, you know, just knocked out in the third round there, or fourth round, considering the American League playoffs. Yeah, and um, you know, I think just try to try to enjoy yourself in the summer a bit. Um, you know, I go home for a little bit and uh, I go stay out in uh, LA with Eric Comrie and him and his family uh, and then obviously my summer goalie coach uh, James he's he's down there as well so lots of golf uh, not a whole lot of skating but yeah. uh, you know try to enjoy yourself but no coming into this year there was obviously 
kind of a fire under me that you know last year we came up just short and obviously want a better result so um you know I've Scaps has been incredible for for myself not only off the ice but but on the ice as well and um we've improved on some things that have obviously been able to show on the ice there the uh the year that the group has had on the ice even better maybe in some ways than what you did last year and you go into this postseason as as kind of Calder Cup or, or one of the Calder Cup favorites what what was your feel team-wise coming into the year did you feel like you had an opportunity to to really build on what you did last year yeah it was hard to say you know um our team last year was obviously un- incredible you know we went on a super deep run and you know, we lost a lot of players. I think we lost like 12 or 13 yeah. guys from that roster. Um, you know, obviously happy for all of them to get new deals, you know, wherever else, where NHL deals, get a chance to play, you know, in the best league in the world. And um, obviously sad at the same time because you grow such bond with everybody. And um, so obviously a lot of new faces coming into the room this year. And you know, honestly wasn't too sure. You know, we start, what, two and five on the season. So, you're not really certain how things are going to pan out, but next thing you know, you're first in the American League to finish the regular season. And um, you know, I think it just took a little bit of time for everybody to get, you know, accompanied with one another. But yeah. everybody's kind of bonded pretty, pretty smoothly. Yeah, talk to and and you've got uh, you as the two-time goalie of the year. Your coach is now the two-time reigning coach of the year in Mitch Love. And I, I spoke to Mitch on Monday after he won that award, and he talked about, geez, I. I didn't know what to expect after a two and five start. He he felt he even uh, said that. I thought, you know, we might lose 50 games this year is what he said. And and then you turn it around like you did. What what went into that? What what went into such a dramatic turnaround like that? Yeah, I mean, you obviously don't want to start a season 2 and 5. You want to start the season 5 and 2 or whatever, but um you know, I think it it just took a little time like I said. You know, I wasn't necessarily at the peak of my performance at the start of the year. Um you know, I don't think our team necessarily got the balances we might have been rewarded for, but, um, you know, we just kind of stuck to the process of, you know, we know we have a good team. You know, after we started getting our role, we, we knew we had a good group. We knew we could, you know, score a lot of goals. Um, you know, our defense continued to, you know, do their thing and they're blocking shots and, um, you know, producing offensively. So it just, it just took maybe a little longer than some would have expected, but... Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the first month of the season doesn't matter. It's the last two. How uh, how cool is it to be going on this ride with Mitch, knowing how far you guys go back even to your to your junior days in the Western League? Yeah, obviously he was our assistant coach for my first year in Everett. Um, you know, obviously grew pretty pretty strong bond with him. He he ran the uh, the, the D Corps back there, and um, you know, me and Hardy he, he uh, ran the goalie skates. Um, when our goalie coach wasn't there. And uh, so, you know, when I was able to reconnect with him last year and uh, I was obviously pretty comfortable, I knew who he was, how, how he operated. And, um, you know, obviously I'm not surprised that he's, you know, had coached the year two years in a row. He's, he does an incredible job. He demands a lot from each everybody everybody in there. And, um, you know, obviously hopefully uh, he gets a, a next step here at yeah. some point. Dustin Wolf's with us, AHL Goalie of the Year, second consecutive season. If you go back to the start of your American League career and, and that year where the Western League was a little delayed starting and, and you started with the Stockton Heat in Calgary that year, 
and that first American League game did not go your way in any way, shape, or form. And I, I, I only bring it up because of the success that you've had since then. I'm just curious how you felt coming out of that first American League game and just what the, the mental gymnastics you were doing there because you're not used to having games like that very often. Yeah, no, crazy enough, I was actually dying laughing after that game. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> obviously, it was a big moment, first American League game. Um, had just come back from, from World Juniors at that point through Flames camp. Um, you know, guys were just starting the season. It was a whole, you know, mixed bag of, of guys, you know, guys from junior, guys that are that were playing in the American League last year or the year prior to that. Um, so there was a lot of new faces, but, you know the the lucky balances just just weren't there, right? We had like two or three go off of one guy, and yep. um, you know it's kind of crazy to look back on now. But it was uh, one of those games where I, I legitimately was laughing. I was like, it, that first game couldn't have gotten any worse. <laughs> and uh, no, it was certainly not the most enjoyable way for it to, to go, but. It's, it, it works out now. <laughs> and, well, and, and I, I, I imagine it didn't shake your confidence or anything like that about whether or not you could play at the next level, hey? No, not at all. Um, like I said, there was bounces that weren't going my way. And at the same time, it's your first game. There's an adjustment period. And uh, you know, I think that's easy enough to say for, for the game I played on Wednesday. That, yeah. Um, you know, there were nerves. And probably the first time I've really been nervous in a game and who knows how long. And um but no, it's as as that game went on, I got more settled and felt more comfortable. And you know, I think that's just what what you need is experience and opportunity to play. And you know, I think in the American League now, I've become super company with it. Know you know all the teams that we play against, we play them so many times, and um, so you know they're pre scouts and you know how they like to operate. And it's uh, I mean I'm at a good comfort level for sure. We uh, we spoke to Jordan Sigalet the day after you made your start, and he talked about how that was kind of an emotional thing for him, too. He was sitting up there in the press box. I was four seats away from him where we sit in our broadcast location, and I just saw him watching, and you could tell like it meant a lot to him to see you get in. Can you talk a little bit about your your relationship with Siggy and, and even how far back that goes? Yeah, I think Siggy is just like a dad figure to, to myself and, and the goalies in general. You know, He looks over everybody. Uh, make sure you're always you're always taken care of. Um, if you ever need something, he's always there for you. And um, you know, obviously, he probably had a big uh, say in, in picking me back in the draft. And um, obviously, super thankful for for him to take that uh, that jump for me. And obviously, I want to keep uh, showing him and the rest of the staff that you know they made a good choice with that selection. Yeah. Um, no, hopefully uh, time continues uh, to show that. You ever, uh, and I know you got asked this last Wednesday before the game. First of all, are you a guy that never talks on game days? Was that out of routine for you on Wednesday? No, it doesn't really matter okay. to me. I just kind of do whatever whatever okay. guys need. And uh, I think, like, it's kind of changed over time. Normally I probably wouldn't have talked maybe five years ago. But, um, you know, I've kind of just, I just try to enjoy myself. Okay. Right? I try to, try to stay pretty loose and. Uh, not really think about too much until I get back to the rink three you, hours before. Well, you said on that day that, you know, I, I think it was Ryan Leslie who asked you about, you know, do you ever reflect back on draft day and, and the journey and all that type of stuff? And it's been almost four years now since that day. Now that now that you've played in an NHL game and you're a two-time goalie of the year, 
How how do you look back on on draft day 2019? I remember I remember the scream in the crowd. I was uh, I was down on the floor and I saw the flames. Okay, you're like, oh, he's here, and and uh, I remember looking up and seeing you walking down. But how do you remember draft day? Yeah, obviously uh, day one I went and sat there. Obviously had a bunch of buddies in the first yep. round. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool to see guys that you grew up with getting selected and. Um, you wanted to be there for that moment because you probably don't get to sit in the draft again. And um, obviously, day two, I my agent suspected probably between rounds three and five. But um, you know, as the rounds keep going on, and you don't see your name picked. You're maybe getting a little nervous, and uh, you know there was a bunch of GMs or whatever that were going to make offers for me to go to camps, and this was probably beginning seventh round or so. Um, and I just happened to go sit back down in my seat for the last 15, 20 picks. And next thing you know, you hear your name called. So, um, no, I had a bunch of family and friends and obviously a bunch of people from Everett were there. And, yeah. Um, no, it was su- certainly super special and obviously grateful that the Flames took a chance. And if, as you were talking about that, 2019 was the year where all those national development team guys went in the first round, right? So that would have yeah. been pretty cool for you. Yeah, no, uh, you obviously grew up playing against them in, in ter- from tournaments, playing with them in, in the summer. And, yeah. Um, yeah, you probably know probably two-thirds of the guys that get picked in that first round, so it's pretty cool. A few more with Dustin Wolf, AHL Goalie of the Year. Have you, uh, I, I'm sure you've been at, well, in fact, I know you've been asked about this. I think Wes probably just asked you about this a couple minutes ago. But the, the potential to be American League MVP and the first guy since, since Barb's to be a goaltender and win AHL MVP, we don't know if it's going to happen, but, but if it did, how much, how much would that mean to you? No, obviously that would be, you know, super, super rewarding. Um, like I said, I, I go out there each and every day and try to, you know, keep as many pucks out of my net as I can. And, uh, you know, the the 25 other guys in the room, they do their job of making sure they limit their the opposing's opposition uh, chances. And, uh, you know, we've I'm, – I'm not sure if we led the league in scoring this year or not, but um, we scored a lot of goals. So I know if I if we keep it, you know, between under two or three, that, you know, we have a pretty good chance of winning each and every game. And um, – no, obviously it'd be pretty pretty awesome for sure, but at the end of the day, I've, I want to win a championship, and that's that's what I want. At the end of the day, I want to ring on the finger. It's been uh, it's been one week since you made your NHL debut. How uh, how long does it does it feel like it's been one week? Does it feel like it's just yesterday? Like how uh, how has the last week or so been for you? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind for sure. Um, you know, obviously, find out Tuesday morning that you know I was going to get called up, and eventually later in the day, found out I was going to be playing. Um, obviously Daryl called me, Tree at the time had called me, um, just making sure I was, obviously got everything in order, make sure I was ready, ready to go tomorrow and, um, you know, everybody treated me so, so well, you know, all the guys, um, you know, it's, it's outstanding to be able to walk into a room and they treat you like family. So, um, it was nice to have my family in town, obviously lots of family and friends watching on TV. Still haven't replied to 100-plus text messages, so apologies to anybody that I haven't gotten back to. Um, but, no, it's been good. Obviously, went right back to Abbotsford the next day, and I uh, got a win on Saturday to, to clinch the, uh, yeah. the regular season. And um, now we had a few days off, so it's been, it's been 
a fun week to say the least. I like when when you were asked about who you're going to be thinking about when you come out on the ice. You're like nobody, probably. <laughs> yeah. What, did, like, were you successful? Were you able to block everything out and and treat it as much as you could, like just another game? Yeah, I think I did as best as I could. I, you know, I tend to not think about a whole lot during the game. Um, but I think the only thing I was thinking about was just trying to make that next save and. Um, no, it's probably one of the first games I've had to crush some tums beforehand. So it's, uh, you know, you don't really, I don't ever feel nervous playing in the American League. So, um, you know, to get that first run of the belt. So hopefully uh, come next season, there's maybe less jitters. And, um, you know, they just try to help the team win. Shooters, and they notice any difference in terms of how they were placing shots and how accurate and everything guys were? I mean, in practice, for sure, guys can shoot it. Um Obviously, Stony Bomb can can shoot yep. it, and you don't want to be sitting in there for those. But um, no, everybody's so so skilled. You know, there's a there's a big step up from the American League, and uh, maybe didn't necessarily show in the game, but um, you know, we did a great job of shutting shutting those sharks down. And um, you know, when I was on the bench during the preseason, watching uh, against the Oilers, you know, those guys took the puck around, and I just remember Vladdy uh, making save after save, and thinking to myself, man, I do not want to be in that net right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's scary out there. But, um, no, I think it's it's a lot easier uh, being in the net than it is watching from afar. Two more for you. First of all, you know that Jacob and, and Dan are on the NHL squad. You've gotten into an NHL game. You you feel like you're on the right track. So what has the, the messaging been from the Flames, from Siggy, in terms of the progression and when it's your time and all that type of stuff? What what has the, the messaging been from the very top of, of the organization? Yeah, I haven't really talked to them uh, too much about it lately. Um, obviously, they want me to continue to focus on the playoffs here. And obviously the end of the regular season in the last couple of weeks, but um, no, they just want me to play a lot of games and want me to have fun and um, they want me to just gain experience at, at the pro level and um, you know and just trying to help the team as much as I can with getting wins and, uh, and being a leader in the room and um, you know I want to be able to make you know the staff's decisions hard on yeah. what they're going to do next year and. Um, you know, it starts right now with the playoffs. You know, if you win a color cup, it probably makes their life a little harder. And um, at the end of the day, I'd much rather have a ring on the finger than anything else right now. So. How how are you? Uh, how's how's Dustin Wolf's patience? Are, they, <laughs> are you a guy that, that's been a struggle with at times in your career? Or, or do you feel like that's something that you're good at? Depends on the scenario. I think in the net I'm patient for sure. But, um, you know, off the ice, you, I just try to, you know, focus on what I'm doing. And... Um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, I'm trying to get wins for our group. You know, I've been focused on, on the Wranglers this year. And, uh, you know, obviously I think you obviously want to play as many NHL games as possible. You want to get a chance to, to show what you can do. And um, you know, I was grateful to get that, that game last week and kind of just show them that, you know, I can I can play this level. And, um, again, make their life live, their life's hard, make their choices hard. And, um you know, come next season, I want to obviously have a good camp and, and uh, push them to make decisions that maybe they don't want to make right now. Last one, and I know you've talked about this before, but for those who haven't heard you explain it, can you talk about the, the pre-period routine <laughs> and the uh, the vert you get on that jump? Where How did it start? How did it become part of the Dustin Wolf tradition? I honestly have no idea how it started. <laughs> um, you know, Hartsey 
uh, Carter Hart, he he had texted me asking me if I had copied him, and uh, I was like, no, I don't know why I started it, where it came from, but I started it in my last year in Everett, and um, for whatever reason, it's just stuck. And uh, I was just telling Wes a bit ago that hopefully uh, my landing percentage stays at 100% because there'd probably be some good pictures on Twitter if there wasn't. (laughs) Uh, Congratulations, Dustin. That's awesome. Second straight American League Goaltender of the Year award. Congratulations on that. And more importantly, good luck in the Calder Cup playoffs at the Wranglers, hey? Yeah, thank you. I really, really appreciate that. There you go, Pat Steinberg on Flamestock earlier this week, chatting with uh, not only the AHL's most outstanding goaltender for the second year, but now, as of today, the AHL's uh, most valuable player, Dustin Wolf, is the winner of the Les Cunningham Award, uh, the youngest player since Jason Spezza in 2004-2005 to win the award, and the first goaltender since current Flames goalie coach Jason LaBarbera won the award uh, to win it. So, Dustin Wolf. Congratulations, continues to rack up uh, the accolades. And as you heard uh, there with Pat, uh, obviously best uh, wishes when it comes to the Calder Cup playoffs and good luck to the Calgary Wranglers. Just uh, a couple more uh, outings for them before uh, their journey will begin and hopefully some more trophies coming their way for uh, for Dustin Wolf and for the team as a whole. If you missed any of that conversation with Dustin, it's uh, up for the Flames Talk podcast feeds, wherever you get your podcasts, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. We'll come back and finish off one more segment to go on this Friday here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, welcome back to the program. Hour two underway. Lots to get to here in the final segment. We'll take a peek at the NHL scoreboard for tonight. Another four playoff games coming your way, including the Kings and the Oilers game three from L.A., which you can listen to right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Before we get into all of that, uh, very happy to announce the return of a long-standing feature here on Sportsnet 960 over the next couple of weeks, uh, starting just before the end of May. Uh, it's the return of the WPCA Insider Report. The World Professional Chuckwagon Association kicks off their 2023 schedule and races May 31st in Grand Prairie at the Grand Prairie Stompede. Of course, stops all throughout Alberta and uh, into BC, even Dawson Creek. Uh, All throughout the summer, we'll be bringing you uh, different drivers, different features, everything here on sportsnet.ca and uh, on Sportsnet 960 as well. And, uh, of course, before we get to any of those races happening, uh, a couple of very important events going down. Uh, Tarp auctions, the Calgary Stampede Tarp Auction, uh, is already under has already finished already, and uh, we still have one more very important one to get to tonight for the uh, the WPCA, and that's going to be at our friends at Century Downs, and uh, a chance for the World Finals Tarp Auction going tonight, and for a uh, hand getting ready for this, and to help us get set for the season. Very happy to welcome in down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, uh, Chris Molly joining us this afternoon. Chris, thanks so much for the time, man. How are you? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, appreciate it, sir. On to your uh, fourth season with the WPCA, uh, 2022, uh, a pretty successful one for yourself. How would you look back at last year and all you guys were able to accomplish? Yeah, I know it was a great year. We uh, Everything worked out well, and we just hope we can keep that momentum going into 2023 here. 
give you more excitement heading into a year after you had so much success last year, including winning at the Stampede? Yeah, that was uh, well, that was definitely what we all dream for and uh, work for is to win that Stampede, and we were lucky enough to get her done and had had my son alongside of me and uh, riding old leaders for me, and then the whole family's there as well. So that it's uh, all a guy could ever ask for, that's for sure. That's great to hear. Uh, as I mentioned, the uh, Calgary Stampede Tarp Auction uh, already finished for the season. It's one of the bigger ones on the year, but there's a big one coming tonight, and it's at uh, Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. Uh, these are always huge things for drivers like yourself, Chris, an opportunity to meet some sponsors, get some you know, some needed money in for the, the season and everything, and get some names out there for groups. Talk about what these sort of tarp auctions do for you guys during the season and how important they are. Oh, they're definitely huge. It uh, sets the tone and, you know, sets your budget for the year to go down the road. And it's not only that, but you're meeting new people, new drivers, uh, sorry, new sponsors along the way. And you build that relationship and that bond over the years. And you became good friends with a lot of them a lot of the time, too. So it's uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to tonight. And sounds like there's going to be lots of people out there, lots of sponsors. So it should be a good venue. Is there a bit of uh, internal competition between some of the veterans on the tour that uh, when it comes to the tarp auction, or is it all just sort of fun and games because that money is so important to everybody during the season? Yeah, no, it's, I don't, uh, where it gets competitive is on the track. That's for sure. (laughs) The tarp sells not so much. It's uh, everybody's there and looking for the same goal that, uh, you know, the high sponsorship and, you know, to meet those next sponsors and, build a relationship with them and hopefully have them for years to come how has it been coming out of covid the last couple of years i know it was such a, a hard time for everybody with you know races getting uh, canceled obviously people didn't have as much money to spend when it came to sponsorship like bet tarp options but it seems like sponsors have really started to come back and give you guys that sort of support that you so desperately need and, and want during the season hey no absolutely that covid years were tough because everybody kept their horses and you're still feeding them and there was no income and we had no places to run so we just you know you still have to take care of those animals whether it's feed vitamins minerals maintenance on them and uh yeah and it's now with covid being over and the sponsorship coming back it just reflects too on our economy which is nice to see that things are getting busier and uh, things are happening how many uh do you find with the sponsors chris that it's a lot of the same people coming back year after year when it comes to sponsorships or have you seen a sort of new group come in and, and join into what you guys do um there's definitely uh new groups coming in every year you know to keep things fresh like in uh calgary at the stampede there uh Graph mechanical came in and they're new to sponsoring and you know they're excited and gung-ho to you know see what it's all about so we'll hopefully give them a great experience that they come for years to come what comes along if somebody does uh, wind up being a TARP sponsor for it? You mentioned that relationship. Is it uh, bringing them down to, to meet your crew, meet your family, all that a, a big part of it for you? Oh, absolutely. It's uh, You bring them back to the barns, meet the family, meet the equine athletes. They get to see which one's raced and, you know, how we care for them animals. And a lot of people see, like, uh, those horses eat and bath before <laughs> – anything that at the end of the night before we do. So it's, uh, you get that whole experience on how it works and behind the scenes. That's very cool. Chris Molly along with us. And 
Uh, Chris mentioned, obviously, you guys have the tarp auction tonight at Century Downs and kind of the last big event before you start looking ahead to Grand Prairie. We're just over a month away uh, from that first race on the schedule. You get that excitement level building up or is there still a lot of work to get to before you head to Grand Prairie? Oh, there's definitely lots of work to do before Grand Prairie, but yeah, definitely uh, these tarp sales get the excitement going and everybody revved up and want to get home, get training, and uh, hopefully it warms up about 30 degrees too. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, we're hoping for that for sure. Uh, Do you have, uh, we talked a little bit about the Stampede and how cool that was for you last year, and you know all the the fans and everything that goes about it, but do you have a a personal favorite on the tour, Chris, when it comes to places you like stopping? Is it Medicine Hat? Is it Pinoca? Is there a a favorite for Chris Molly and his crew to stop by during the year? Honestly, like there's, the WPCA, all the venues, they, they do such a top-notch job, every one of them. Um, it's hard to pick one. Like, uh, yeah, all the venues are good. The tracks are good. They put on a top-notch venues. So it's, uh, I don't know, I can't really pick out one for <laughs> sure, but Fair enough. They're, uh, they're all really good. Uh, Chris, you started uh, driving ponies, I believe, when you were real young, 14, 15 years old. Is that maintained in your family or the young uh, members of your family already into horses and following in your footsteps a bit? Oh, for sure. They, uh, not so much the racing, um, cause we moved out here and got into the big wagon. Yeah. Came from Watson, Saskatchewan originally. And then, uh, the big wagons when my son, he's out riding, he's been out riding since he was old enough to do so. And so he's been out of what, two years now. And then my daughter's a professional barrel racer and she's taking her card out. She's her goal is trying to make the CFR and barrel racing this year. So, um, yeah, and I have a wife barrel race as well. So <laughs> it's a family sport, that's for sure. Yeah, through and through. We can totally uh, appreciate that. And uh, look, before I let you go, uh, before the season gets going, I've had a couple of people tell me before I talk to you, uh, Chris is a big hockey fan and he's ready to go. So you've got a couple more weeks of, of watching hockey with the rest of us before you get uh, deep into the season, hey? Yeah, for sure. Once we get done chores, we have the in the tack room there at home. We have the put the hockey game on, check out the scores, and uh, you know, see how it goes. Hopefully, the Oilers can pull her off. <laughs> I was gonna say, Saskatchewan boy, now into Alberta. If you follow most of what my family did, that means you're an Oilers fan. Now, most of my family's from Arcola. Uh, I don't know how they got their Edmonton roots, but that's how uh, they wound up as Oilers fans. So I was gonna be curious where your your hockey ties led. So you're in a big Oilers family. Well, my son is, and that's why I kind of went the way I used to be a diehard Flames fan, even when I was little. And uh, but they kind of didn't quite do her this year, so <laughs> we're gonna go with the Oilers. <laughs> I appreciate that uh, for sure, Chris. Thanks so much for the time. Great luck at the uh, tarp auction tonight. Have a great time. Uh, we'll talk to you again once the season gets going. But best of luck in the next couple of weeks as you guys get ready for another great race season. Hey. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show, and looking forward to speaking to you speaking to you again take care chris molly joining us on the atlas Beach and sports bar guest hotline we are bringing back the wpca insiders report here on sportsnet 960 the fan uh right ahead of the grand prairie stompede may 31st the june uh the very first uh race of the season on the wpca calendar uh but like we mentioned a big event still happening tonight for bidders who might have missed out uh winning on a bidding uh driver at the rangeland derby tarp auction there's an opportunity to get into it with a chuck wagon tarp uh, racing auction tonight at the WPCA World Finals coming in August. You can head down to Century Downs Racetrack and Casino. They're holding the first ever 
uh, WPCA World Finals Tarp Auction tonight in the home stretch room at the casino. There's 36 drivers will be up for bid, including three wildcard drivers. The three wildcard drivers will be the permit drivers with the most points among permit drivers after the WPCA races in Rocky Mountain House. In uh, 2022, the Pinocchio Stampede auctioned off 34 drivers, two wildcard spots. Those drivers turned out to be Ross Knight and Ray Croto Jr. Ross eventually won the Pinocchio Stampede, finished 12th in the world standings, while Ray uh, won the Battle of the Foothills in High River and finished fifth overall. Once again, thanks to Chris Molly for joining us, getting you set. Uh, if you need any more information, head to WPCA.com. If you want to check out uh, some of the races, like I mentioned, there's going to be some great stops. They're going to be in Grand Prairie. Bonneville, Dewberry, Medicine Hat, Pinocchio. Of course, the Calgary Stampede is a massive spot for them. High River, I know we got lots of people listening from out there. And then, of course, like we mentioned, the uh, World Finals at Century Downs going in August. Should be a great race season. If you're interested in any of that, WPCA.com. Or you can listen on Tuesdays coming up in a couple of weeks when we bring you the WPCA Insiders Report. It's a longstanding feature uh, that we've had here on Sportsnet 960 and very glad to be bringing it back this season. Uh, shift our focus back over to hockey. Four more games on the NHL schedule tonight uh, for your viewing and listening pleasure. Uh, it all gets going at 5 o'clock, another 5 p.m. start for the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders. Uh, Carolina looking to go up 3 nothing in their series against the Islanders. Of course, they'll do so. Without Tevu Teravainen, who broke his hand in Game 2, he uh, is now the third regular forward out of the lineup for Carolina. No Pacioretty, no Svechnikov, now no Teravainen. Uh, so that's a big one for them. We'll see if the Islanders can get this series back on the rails back in New York. Also have a 5.30 start for the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers as this series shifts to Florida for Game number 3. Bad news for the Bruins. Patrice Bergeron did not make the flight to Florida. Uh, Pete DeBoer saying he's not likely to play in games three or four in Florida, but he is likely to make his series debut in game number five. So at least two more games for the Boston Bruins without their most important player and their captain. Also, <coughs> wanted to mention uh, Bruins goaltender Linus Allmark was not at practice Friday. Uh, he's a game-time decision for Game 3 due to an undisclosed reason. Uh, so it could be Jeremy Swayman entering the net for the Boston Bruins. So uh, the President's Trophy winners in tough against the uh, Florida Panthers as they deal with a couple of key injuries. That one, a 5.30 puck drop on Sportsnet. You've also got the Minnesota Wild and the Dallas Stars. This series shifting to Minnesota on Sportsnet 1. 7.30 puck drop expecting Philip Gustafson to get back in the net for the Minnesota Wild tonight after Marc-Andre Fleury got game two in Dallas. First, the Stars going to go with Jake Ottinger. That should surprise absolutely nobody. And you've got the Oilers and the Kings. Eight o'clock puck drop right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. GVP and Azam uh, working the intermissions and post game uh, while the game's uh, in break. And, uh, of course, you can watch the game across Sportsnet and CBC as well. Stuart Skinner versus Jonas Corpusalo. Uh Bring my producer Taylor into the program uh, right now. Taylor, games tonight on a Friday. Which one's got your attention? I think you kind of have to go with all of them, though. There's so much going on in each one of them. But I think the series that you kind of 
really want to watch is that Dallas Wild series. It just seems very interesting. It's been the most physical for sure. It's been uh it's been heated. Obviously, we're still waiting to hear about Joe Pavelski uh and his status going forward. Uh that's a big one for them. Uh this series could take on a nasty turn. You know, the Minnesota fans are gonna be jacked up for game three. That's gonna be a good one. Uh so we're excited for that as well. Did want to uh the Bergeron news is obviously big in in Boston, um, after that tough loss in Game 2, they might be without Allmark and Bergeron, so I think that's one to watch for, for sure. And, uh, yeah, look, the Leafs bounced back last night, so we got a couple of really interesting situations heading into what should be a good weekend of hockey, and we'll see on the other side on Monday what exactly uh, these playoff series look like after a couple of them uh, got tied up at 1 last night as well, Colorado Needed to come back against Seattle to tie that game up and tie that series up at one game apiece, but they looked better. That series will head to Seattle for their first ever postseason game on the weekend. You have the Golden Knights and Mark Stone showing up for a big third period win over the Jets as well last night. Uh, so lots of great storylines around the NHL right now as we head into what should be a great Friday night and a great weekend of hockey as well. Uh, some other sporting news to get to. You got the Jays. You've got the Yankees tonight. Uh, you won't be able to watch this game. I believe it's a YouTube exclusive. Uh, Apple TV. Apple TV. Apple TV exclusive. Thank you, Taylor. Um, so if you've got Apple TV, you've got this one. Uh, if not, you can listen to the broadcast. We'll have it for you here on Sportsnet 960. Flames Talk will go a little earlier today, and we'll get you out to New York for first pitch. UC uh, Kikuchi. Just like we thought, the ace of the Jays rotation. You say Kikuchi. Well, I guess Gosman's kind of been all right. But Bearded second. Bearded Kikuchi, man. Bearded Kikuchi's a real thing. Okay. Uh, his uh, 4.70 ERA going up against Domingo German. He got a 3.86 ERA for the Yankees in 14 innings so far this season. Uh, Yankees have won two in a row. Jays coming off a loss. Uh, they are 11 and eight on the season, just one game behind the Yankees at 12 and seven in a very competitive AL East early on this season. Like I said, you can either uh, have Apple TV and watch that game or listen to it right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan and, uh, the big news, uh, in basketball, as far as, uh, we're concerned here, Toronto Raptors announcing today, they've relieved Nick nurse of his duties as head coach. That coming from uh, Chairman and President of Basketball Operations, Masai Ujiri. Uh, Ime Udoka, Udoka, excuse me, former Boston Celtics head coach, expected to be a serious candidate for the job, uh, according to Woj of ESPN. Uh, of course, Nurse guiding the team to a 227 and 163 mark, including the franchise's first and only championship in 2019, becoming one of nine head coaches to win a title during their first season on the job. So Nick Nurse no longer uh, head coach of the Toronto Raptors and some NFL news, some really disappointing NFL news today. Uh, Detroit Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams is among five NFL players suspended for violating the league's gambling policy. Williams was one of four Lions involved. Uh, the second year wideout and teammate Stanley Berryhill were suspended six games each, while Quintez Cephas and defensive back CJ Moore were suspended indefinitely. Washington Commanders defensive end Shaka Tony also received an infinite ban, an indefinite ban, excuse me. Uh, Moore, Cephas, and Tony 
banned for betting on NFL games during the 2022 season, according to the NFL, while Williams and Barry Hill's six-game bans uh, reportedly stem from gambling on college sports while at the team facility, according to Ian Rappaport of ESPN. The league's gambling policy restricts NFL personnel from gambling in any manner while in a club or league facility uh, in response. Cephas and more uh, released by the Detroit Lions today. Uh, Jameson, uh, one of uh, the up-and-coming receivers in the NFL, uh, making a really stupid mistake today. This comes... Just after a year uh, where the league banned Jacksonville Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley uh, indefinitely for betting on NFL games, he was then a member of the Falcons, traded to the Jaguars during his suspension and reinstated earlier this offseason. How much to say about this other than just don't, (laughs) if you're a professional athlete, just don't bet on NFL games, period, or... If, especially if you're at the team facility, I, I don't know why that would be a tough lesson for some of them to learn or to figure out, but uh, it, it's just a really stupid mistake. And for some of them, it's going to cost them their jobs and their uh, NFL career, and that'll happen for a young up-and-coming top prospect like Williams. It's going to cost him six games this upcoming season, but could be much worse and now you know puts himself in a bad spot when it comes to uh, his reputation with the NFL and uh, with the Detroit Lions going forward. So uh, a little bit of a spin around the NHL schedule tonight and some news uh, just around the sporting world on this Friday. we got to get out of here. Uh, we got to make way for the Hockey PDO cast with Dmitry Filipovich. That's coming up next. There's an early edition of Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilberton on this Friday. I imagine Dustin Wolf's uh, MVP win, uh, which we talked about to kick off Hour 2, is going to be a big topic on Flames Talk this afternoon. Uh, if you want to tune into that, make sure you uh, catch Wes and Pat just after 3 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, other than that, thank you to Pete Labardius, Bick Nazar, and Chris Molly for joining us today. Uh, thank you for joining in on the text line, for listening either live or on the podcast. We will be back on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Hopefully the weather turns around and you can get outside and enjoy some of the Calgary weather over the next couple of days. Uh, if not, stay inside and uh, enjoy some hockey. That's what a lot of us will be doing. We'll uh, catch up with everything that happened over the weekend on a Monday edition right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.